ഹമദുഹുസ്തുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹുഹ
will be successful. And those who neglect it will be regretful. Those who practice or those who perform this act of worship, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praise them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala favor them over others. And with it, Allah is recognized, is worshipped, glorified. And with it, we know the halal and the haram. And with it, we know the difference between halal and haram. We know the rights of the creation and the rights of the creator. Whoever seeks it or seeking it is a form of obedience. And practicing it brings one closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those who practice it, practice this act of worship, are like the stars to the sky, are a shield, a fortress for the Ummah of Islam. When that act of worship disappears, then this is a sign that the last day is coming soon. When the act of worship disappears, it's a disappearance, is a sign that the hour is coming very soon. And this act of worship is the very first command in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This act of worship is seeking knowledge, seeking ilm. The very first command in the book of Allah Azza wa Jal. Iqra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. Read in the name of your Lord who created. Khalaq al-insana min alaq. Iqra' wa rabbuka al-akram. Read and your Lord is the most generous. Alladhi allama bil-qalam. The one who has taught with the pen. Allama al-insana ma lam ya'lam and taught man that which he doesn't know. The first passage in the entire Quran. Al-Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah says, لو كان هناك ما هو أشرف من العلم لطلبه الله عز وجل من نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم. Imam Qurtubi rahimahullah says in his tafsir, if there was something that more dignified, more honorable, more important than seeking knowledge, than علم, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have asked his Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or told him to do so. The importance of knowledge, seeking knowledge. And when you look at the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Surah Taha, verse 114. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands his Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make a dua, a particular dua. And this is the only time in the entire Quran, the only time in the entire Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands his Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make a particular dua, to ask for one thing in a large quantity. What is that dua? وَكُرْ رَبِّ زِدْنِي عِلْمًا Oh Allah, increase me in knowledge. Oh my master, my Lord, increase me in knowledge. زِدْنِي عِلْمًا Why is that? Out of all the things, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala choose this? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was told by Allah azza wa jal to ask him to increase him in knowledge. وَكُرْ رَبِّ زِدْنِي عِلْمًا 
Once you hear the word knowledge, right away you think that Sheikh is talking about religious knowledge. Right away, Sheikh is talking about learning the deen, becoming a scholar or a mufti or whatever. But what we do not know, or many of us do not know, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honors every single type of knowledge. Every single type of knowledge that benefits society in some way is sacred to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All types of knowledge are being honored by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why I'm saying this? Because everybody has a concept of I'm learning deen and I'm learning dunya. Very common. Every single body has a concept of I'm learning deen and I'm learning dunya. So for example, if you are learning history, science, uh, physics, or accounting, or finance, or something like that, then you're learning dunya. But if you're studying aqidah, hadith, Tafsir, Tajweed, Arabic, Quran, you are learning Deen. And most of the time we separate between these two things. We separate between the knowledge of the dunya and we separate between the knowledge of the, the knowledge of the dunya and the knowledge of the deen. So my work is dunya. But my time in the masjid, this is deen. This is what people think. And then what happens when we keep thinking that way? you develop the idea of then certain things of the day, certain things you do in a day are only beneficial for your dunya and certain things of the day you do are only beneficial for your deen. Only beneficial for your deen. That's why people say, oh, I wish that I was an imam. You ask, why you want to be an imam? Because everything you do is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything, you teach the Quran, you lead the prayer, you educate people, you do this and that. I wish I was an imam because everything you do is only for the sake of the deen. How about you know I, I work here and there or this? It's not, unfortunately, it's not really for the deen. But the concept of Islam, subhanAllah, is very powerful, it's very beautiful. The concept of Islam is that you are the abd of Allah Azza wa Jal. You are the abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning you are the slave or the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An abd is not abd only for certain hours of the day. Right? A worshipper is the one who does worship. And the word for worshipper is abd. With the alif after aq. But the word for slave is abd. Like for example, when you pray to Allah Azza wa Jal, when you go to Hajj, when you fast, you're abd. But when the Salah is over, when the month of Ramadan is over, what we are? That's a good question. What we are in between? We are the abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But now we have turned this conversation into deen and dunya. Unless you are doing something for the deen, unless you are abid, then everything you do, you're not doing anything for your next life. 
You're not doing anything that pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you really want to please Allah azza wa jal, then you have to be on a abid side. You have to be in the masjid teaching, learning, leading, educating. That's the abid side. And this is very, very dangerous. Separating the knowledge of the deen and the knowledge of the dunya. And I have met so many people who think that way or feel that way. And by the way, this is the respected brothers and sisters in Islam. This is the, uh, the, the idea of secularism is to separate the world of morality and education from the rest of life. So your spiritual life, your moral life should be one thing and then education and public sphere should be something else. And these two things cannot coexist together. God, you, are, you need to choose. You want to be Abid? You want to be a dunya man or a deen man? But it's hard to have both of them together. And many people think if you want to study the deen, then I have to give up everything. I have to give up my secular education. I have to travel ab abroad. I have to go to Medina University or Islamabad or Al-Azhar University and then to become a scholar. Or else I will just remain as jahil as the rest of my life. Because I cannot do that. This is very, very dangerous. So insha'Allah ta'ala, this Friday and the next Friday, I will talk about the importance of knowledge, but today I'm going to focus just knowledge in general. And then I'm going to, in the next Friday, the importance of Islamic knowledge, especially the Islamic knowledge. And then how we achieve that, even without going anywhere, without going anywhere because let's be honest when it comes to the secular knowledge alhamdulillah muslims have become educated more than ever before more than ever before we have doctors we have engineers many of us have masters phds degrees so we have no problem with that but when it comes to the religious knowledge understanding the deen of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're lacking big time we are lacking big time. People are willing to pay every single penny in their pocket for every single kind of sport, for swimming, for basketball, for soccer, for everything. These things actually take the precedence nowadays over Quran classes, over coming to the masjid. Sometimes you miss somebody in the Quran class, where have you been? Oh, I had a basketball game. But you can't go to the coach and say, I'm sorry, I missed the game because I had a Quran class that day. And that is true. This is very true and it's very common. So we have focused so much, so much on the secular education and we neglected the Islamic knowledge big time to the point that many of our kids, many of our youth, if they open the computer and come across an article or, or, or a video, they cannot differentiate if this man is calling to Allah Azza wa Jal or this man is calling to miss some misguidance under the cover of Islam. And this is a big thing. That's a problem. It is a problem. That's why we are so scared about our youth because we, they do not have the proper solid Islamic education. And anytime they can go anywhere, they go astray easily because we do not have proper Islamic education. We only focus to know how to read Quran, memorize a couple of surahs of the Quran. Now you're the best. My son knows how to read Quran. That's it. 
That's the deen. And we need to change that. With all due respect, we need to change that. Learning the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal takes the precedence over memorizing the book of Allah Azza wa Jal. There is no benefit in memorizing a book you do not understand what is in it. Or you memorize some surahs, but you do not know that the, the six articles of faith, or you do not know Allah Azza wa Jal. So at the heart and soul of Ubudiyah, at the heart and soul of Ubudiyah, being a servant of Allah Azza wa Jal is to know Allah. There is no way for anyone to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without knowing Allah. If you do not have the proper knowledge of Allah Azza wa Jal, you will end up making more mistakes. And maybe out of ignorance, out of jah, or simply because you made Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the least of those who sees you. Now back to religious knowledge and dunya knowledge. That passage in the Quran, the very first passage in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first five verses. So I want you to feel bad that I'm a doctor and I, I didn't do anything for Islam. Or I did accounting, but I did not do anything. This is, has nothing to do with the religion of Allah. This is not right and this is not true. Subhanallah, when you look at the five verses, the first five verses of the book of Allah Azza wa the command of Iqra is repeated two times, right? Iqra, bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. And then later on, Iqra wa rabbuka al-akram. Iqra in the name of your Lord who created all that exists. And then Iqra, your Lord is the most generous, the one who taught by the pen, taught man that which he doesn't know. And Imam Al-Qurtubi, rahimahullah, and Imam Al-Razi, in their tafsir, mentions something so beautiful. Honestly speaking, I never ever paid attention to that. They said the first iqra, first iqra, is for the knowledge of the deen. Meaning, read the Quran, O Muhammad. Study the deen. Know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second iqra, iqra wa rabbuka al-akram, is actually for the knowledge of the dunya. Read what men have discovered and written. Read about chemistry, biology, history, science, medicine. Read about that. Read about all this. Read what men have discovered and written. So if you look at it, secular education and religious education go hand in hand together and you cannot separate them. You can separate them. And if you look at the early Muslims, the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the, the early uh, the tabi'een, they understood this very, very well. And I will, give, I will give you an example. The Quran came down on a society that did not know how to read nor write. That society was so backward at that time. Uncivilized, undeveloped, no hadara, no civilization whatsoever. They did not even have a script, brothers and sisters. A perfect script for the Arabic language, their own language. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed those verses, Iqra, Bismi Rabbika alladhi khalaq. Within half a century, Education be, began to spread. Within a century, Muslims began mastering all sciences. 
within two centuries, two centuries from the first revelation, Muslims were ruling the entire world economically, technologically, scientifically. And we know names who used to come from Europe, used to come from Germany, used to come from England, and study at the hands of Muslims in Al-Andalus. Optics and medicine and mathematics and so on and so forth. And they would return to Europe as scholars and engineers. It is Muslims who brought this secular education to the rest of the world. But they never ever separated Islam from this. You never see a Sahabi who's so good in the, in the deen and so ignorant in something else. And that's why when somebody comes to me, honestly speaking, and asks me, Sheikh, I want to become an Imam. I want to become a scholar. I want to go to uh, one of the Islamic universities and study and come. I said, that's, this is a great thing. But my sincere advice to you, have another degree with this. Don't just become an Imam and that's it. Have another degree with this. You can be a doctor and a da'iyah at the same time. You can be an engineer and a da'iyah at the same time. And look at it. If you look at most of the masajid in the country, 50% or more of the masajid of the US in North America, they do not have official imams. You need to ask this question, why most of the masajid do not have imams? Let me tell you why. Number one, the masjid doesn't want, to sp doesn't want to sponsor an imam from overseas. Why? Because now they say that we do not want somebody who does not speak English or speaks English with a, with a very heavy accent, doesn't understand the problems of the youth, his khutbah will be irrelevant. We, we, we do not want to deal with this. And that is true if you ask any messenger. Why don't you bring an imam from overseas? No, we want somebody who, the product of this country, who grew up in this country, speaks the language, understands what the youth are going through. You do not have this person. That's why you go to the masjid every single Friday, you have a different khatib. Different khatib. Topics are out of touch. Khatib sometimes are out of touch. Why? Because there is nobody interested in Islamic studies anymore. Okay, if you do not want to bring an imam from outside, why don't you invest within your own community, have a couple of kids who are interested in Islamic studies and send them overseas or train them. And the fact is that when we talk about ulama, we're not really talking about we need muftis. You do not want every single Muslim to become mufti, let's be honest. Why you want to have, if you have thousands of muftis, what, three or four muftis in the entire country are enough, but we need hundreds and thousands of basic imams. What I mean of basic imams is someone who can stand here and deliver the khutbah. Someone who can stand in the mihrab and lead the prayer, give a talk. If you ask them to have khutbah about sabr or siddiq or the or that, they will be able to know the, the proper way of delivering the khutbah. If the sheikh is not here today, you have somebody to lead the community, to take the place. And this is so important, but unfortunately we do not focus on this anymore. Why we do not do that? Because we separate the religious knowledge from the secular knowledge. I cannot do both. 
If I cannot travel and go seek knowledge over there, I'm going to be like this the rest of my life. And this is so, it's, it's, it's a big problem. It's, it's a serious problem. They respected brothers and sisters in Islam. That's why when you study the history of the Sahaba and the Tabi'een, they never ever separated secular education from religious education. Can I become a, 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 like Imam while here? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Those, the Sahaba of the Prophet and the Tabi'een, the scholars of the Hadith, we all know their names. When I say Al-Imam Al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, you know Imam Al-Bukhari. Al-Imam Al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, those scholars would travel hundreds of miles, if not thousands, just to learn one single Hadith. One single Hadith. They can go travel thousands or hundreds of miles. The very same hadith that you sit today, open the computer, one click, you click a button. That hadith will, less than a second, it will be in front of you. And this is a ni'mah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that knowledge huh, has become so easy, available, accessible to each and every one of us. But just you need to have the intention and you need to have the time. The Prophet said, when ignorance becomes prevalent and knowledge becomes less, then wait for the hour. Wait for the last day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to snatch like knowledge away from you. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knowledge will disappear by the death of the ulama. The death of the ulama, alim after another alim after another alim will die and no one is interested in Islamic studies anymore. And what is going to happen to the Ummah after that? They will go to ignorant people who are called scholars. They will give them wrong fatwas and then they will misguide them. So we do not want this. I don't want my kids to go to uh, someone who will misguide them. This is very important, the respected brothers and sisters in Islam. The point is that, or the point from today's khutbah is to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honors every single type of knowledge. Every single type of knowledge that benefits society in some way is sacred to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's sacred to Allah azza wa jal. There is no such a thing that is called the knowledge of the deen and the knowledge of the dunya. This is not true. And this is the idea of secularism is to separate deen from dunya. So who you are at business and who you are at the masjid are two different things. This is, does not exist in the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum fastaghfiruhu innahu huwa al-ghafuru rahim. Alhamdulillah. والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن اهتدى بهداه وكل رب زدني علما beautiful دعاء سبحان الله this is the only as I said in the entire Quran Allah سبحانه وتعالى commanded the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم to make a dua and that dua is وكل رب زدني علما Oh Allah, increase me in knowledge. Increase me in knowledge. The knowledge of the deen, the knowledge of the dunya. And again, there is no way to worship Allah 
subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no way to worship Allah without knowing Allah Azza wa Jal. You must know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In order to worship Allah Azza wa Jal properly, in order to love the Prophet وسلم, and to take him as a, يعني, as a role model, then you need to understand the life of the Prophet You need to study the life of this man in order for us to love him and follow him. So this is gonna be a part or the next Friday, the importance of the religious knowledge and how to seek it from here without going anywhere, insha'Allah ta'ala. وجزاكم الله خيرا نسأل الله لنا ولكم التوفيق والسداد والإخلاص في القول والعمل اللهم أمين إن شاء الله تعالى tomorrow at 2 p.m. after صلاة الظهر will be a general body meeting to get the community's approval for the purchase of a small piece of land right here in Salem Church Road for the expansion of IED the Islamic Academy of Delaware not ISD it's a very suitable piece of land that insha'Allah ta'ala will fulfill the needs of the school if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills and we, we, we took it. So tomorrow insha'Allah ta'ala at 2 p.m. right after Salat al it's important by the way to be a part of this. Very, very important to be a part of these projects insha'Allah azza wa This is, will be your sadaqa jariya insha'Allah ta'ala. This is not only the school problem, this is for the entire community. If your kids do not benefit from it, your grandkids will benefit from that. If your grandkids do not benefit, then your, your grand-grandchildren will benefit from that. Bi-idhnillahi azza wa So look at it this way, insha'Allah ta'ala, participate, come and see, and vote whether we go for it or we do not go for it. Bi-idhnillahi azza wa Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumullahu khayra wa akna salah.